place Fill the atmosphere Your glory, God, is what our hearts long for To be overcome by your presence, Lord Sing it again Holy Spirit, you are welcome here Come flood this place His presence amazing. Hallelujah. Come on, turn to somebody and just, just give them a spiritual high five and tell them how much you enjoy his presence. I know, isn't it crazy we have to do things like that? Y'all already know I am so post-COVID-19. I am so over this. But you know what? It ain't stopping us at all. We're following their rules and still worshiping Jesus. Hey, come on, you know, so, so listen again, you know, it's my honor to privilege to, to have my pastor here and his wife has been our friends for so many years. I always want to call you Pastor Veronica, but I know she never really liked that. That's kind of like Sister Wendy back there. Yeah. And so that's why it's, it's tough though, because, you know, I always wanted to, but I don't, I, I'm trying to be nice. I know, I know, I remember. So, but Listen, come on, y'all. Can y'all stand up and welcome my pastors? You know, just welcome them for me. Amen. Thank you. I've got a thing. Come on up here and have your way. Come on up, y'all. I'll let you do all the rest of the introductions. Love you. Amen. Thank you. Wow. Uh, just so gracious. Um, you have a wonderful 
wonderful pastor. Do you believe that? Amen. I'll tell you, you are blessed to have. Uh, I didn't, you know, when, when I first got him, he couldn't play the keyboard. Amen. Uh, he didn't know how to play the keyboard. I don't even know if he sang back then, did he? Did okay, you did. That's right. You was on the praise team. He was on the praise team. That's right. But it's been, that's been many moons ago, hadn't it? Wow. That's all the way back in 98, I believe, wasn't it? Back to 98, 99, maybe. Yeah, it's been a while. So, but isn't it amazing how God orchestrates the steps of a righteous man? And your pastor is just, you're so blessed. Uh, I, is there anything he can't do? I think he's, I think you all have to start naming him super pastor. Amen. I, I'll tell you, he, he's tech savvy. I mean, he can preach good, he can sing good, he can play. Uh, is there anything he can't do? Just don't tell me. Don't tell me if you know. If you know him, keep it to yourself. But I tell you what, too, uh, he, he did good. I know he really did good when he married Wendy. Uh, now, that uh, he, he did a good job when he got her. Uh, you don't know this, but y'all probably don't know this, but Wendy's kind of quiet. You know, she's a little on the quiet side. Not anymore. Oh, what happened? What happened? No. Anyway, she's kind of quiet, and when, when I when I knew her way back then, and but I tell you what, you won't find anyone spiritually or even just a mental strongness uh, than Wendy. Uh, I remember when she uh, had Richie. Uh, I think it was on a Friday night or Saturday. Uh, I can't remember what day it was, but anyway, it was. She showed up Sunday morning with Richie at the church. And I was like, Wendy, what are you, what are you doing? She, she got out. She, I guess I don't know that I let her out or she just got out of the hospital. And <laughs> she said, Pastor, it's Sunday. You're supposed to be in church. I said, There you have it. Amen. Now that's commitment. Amen. That's commitment. I don't even know if you remember that. We, yeah. And then Riley, same way. Yeah. Just, uh, it's amazing how they. Uh, she just had that desire to serve God and to be in the house of God. And uh, so it's wow. Just beautiful church and beautiful atmosphere y'all have just such a pleasant town i'm telling you i didn't get to see i had to come in kind of trying to get to you amen i don't that map quest was taking me so many back roads i didn't know if i was at one minute i'd be going north and then i'd be going west and then i'd be going east and then i'd be going back south i go my goodness i, I don't know if this thing knows where how to get here but we ended up here, amen. So it's good to be here tonight. On a Saturday night, boy, you must be committed. I'll tell you what, most people, you know, Sunday mornings, I can understand that. And Wednesday nights, that's kind of tradition. Saturday night, you're just getting fanatical, amen. You're just kind of, you're just going out on the limb, it sounds like. And so, uh, but it's, it's an honor to be here. And we appreciate you. Pastor, he's treated us so well, put us up in a wonderful room, and just treat us like a king. And I, I tell you what, y'all, I can just tell quality and a love and desire for God. And uh, But uh, I'll have some more stories to tell later. We'll do that tomorrow. How's that? And uh, I know it's Saturday night, and uh, some of you may have plans, but I appreciate you coming tonight. If you have your Bible, turn with us to Genesis chapter 15, verse 1. Genesis chapter 15, verse 1. I know a lot of people are familiar with the story of Abraham. And because Abraham is the father of faith, right? And so rightfully so. And most people can tell you the story of Abraham when he's about to offer up Isaac. And what part? Or when Abraham is about to have Isaac and he's 100 years old and Sarah's 90 years old. Go, Sarah. Amen. And, uh, 
you know, and so we, we know the testimonies of, of these great patriarchs of faith, and we, we all know kind of the stories. You probably somewhat have read this, but maybe you're not as familiar with it because it's not really tapped in on. But Abraham left his family when he was 75 years old and took his wife and his nephew and they kind of went out on a journey, a faith journey. So they kind of left their group, their surroundings. So it'd be kind of like you living here all your life and at the age of 75 you come to pastor and you say, Pastor, the Lord's telling me to take my family and we're to go on a faith journey. And, of course, Pastor, I don't want you to go. You're faithful here in church. You know, you, you, we need you, and the Lord wants us to go. And you're uprooting and leaving all of your family, everything that you're accustomed to, you're leaving. So you can see why Abraham was a father of faith. Going to a country he didn't know, going into a place he didn't know. But he knew God was directing him at 75. Most people were ready to retire at 75 and just call it quits and just, you know, drink some coffee on the cool mornings and uh, drink some iced tea on the evening and watch the sun go down, right? But Abraham at 75 years old said, let's get it on and let's go. And so here we see God speaking to Abraham and giving him a vision. Look what he said, verse 1. After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abraham in a vision, saying, do not be afraid, Abraham, I or Abram, I am your shield and your exceedingly great reward. Then I'd like for you to jump for time's sake to Genesis chapter 15, verse 9. We'll just jump down and because I got a lot of scripture, but we'll, we'll try to give you a little overview. So he said to him, bring me three-year-old helper and a three-year-old female goat, and a three-year-old ram, and a turtle dove, and a young pigeon. And this is making a sacrifice. And then he brought all these things to him, and he cut them in half, and he, and he cut them in half down the middle, and placed each piece opposite of the other. But he did not cut the birds in two. And when the vultures came down on the carcass, Abram drove them away. Now when the sun was going down, a deep sleep fell upon Abram, and behold, horror and great darkness, I want you to notice this, on Abraham, or Abram at this time, horror and great darkness fell upon him. Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for your many blessings. I ask the Lord that I know your word's anointed, and I thank you for that. I ask that you anoint me tonight to speak your word and what you'd have to say to this congregation and these fine people. I ask, Lord, that you would anoint the people to receive the word, that it may plant upon good ground, and that a great harvest would come forth in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to talk to you tonight about safeguarding your sacrifices. You know, over my years of ministry, I got saved September the 6th of 1986, and, and I was called in the ministry March of 89 and began to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. And throughout my years of ministry, and uh, I've, I've been an evangelist, been a youth pastor, associate pastor, pastor, and so forth, uh, planning churches, uh, just being a part of what God is doing. And over my years, it's somewhat, not puzzling, not, but somewhat seeing why some people make great sacrifices and yet it doesn't see they seem to get the great reward. And I thought about that and, I, and, and we see here with Abraham, here he is, he's been given a promise, a word from God of a great harvest that's going to come about out of him, a nation that's going to be birthed out of him. And, and it seems all of a sudden 
we see where the enemy comes in, or we see not only that, but we see just where God worked in him, and something began to transpire. And I want to talk to you about what Abraham did to keep his sacrifice and safeguard it. Because, see, what happens is the enemy wants to come and steal what is rightfully yours. And so I'm going to talk to you about that at night and kind of help you see that just for a moment. So we know Abraham, and we know that his desires, and he's the father of faith. And, and so, I mean, you know, you know the story of him and Ishmael. I mean, it coming about right. I mean, you know him. And so Sarah comes to him, and, and time is going on. And, and Sarah said, hey, Abe, you know, listen, uh, you know, it doesn't look like it's going to happen. And I'll give you my handmaid. And you can have my handmaid, and, and you can produce a child out of my handmaid. You know, Abram, Abram being a man, he goes, okay. And so anyway, and it ended up where he got in trouble, right? You know what I'm saying? Go, oh, okay, well, I don't understand it, but okay. And, but then later what happened is that uh, all of a sudden it began to cause division in the house. And sometimes when you're trying to work up the promises of God in the flesh, it'll cause division in your house. It'll cause division in you. It'll cause division in your family. It'll cause division in a church when you're trying to work it up in the flesh. But when it's of God and you hold on to it and you do it the way God said it, all of a sudden something supernatural begins to happen. So I want you to see this and I want you to notice this. And, and I'll come back to these verses in a few minutes. But I'm going to give you a couple of points tonight if you take notes and you want to write them down. Uh, I believe these will be if you can look at safeguard boundaries that can help you to keep from losing your sacrifice. So here we go. Number one, don't get frustrated with time. Your biggest enemy that when you begin to go after the promises of God, the enemy will come and he will frustrate you with time. I mean, we're, we're, we live in a society where everything, you know, uh, uh, you pull up on one side of the store. Let's say, uh, I don't think y'all have a Popeye's here, right? Uh, oh, yeah, okay, wow, y'all uptown. So you got a Popeye's. Amen. So you pull up to a Popeye's and you're on this side and you make your order and you're expecting to get your food by the time you get to the window. Amen. And some of you, not, I haven't been here long enough to know which one, but some of you can be impatient if they don't have your food by the time you get to the other side. But So we, we live in a society that we want it now when it's spoken to us. And so when God tells us something, we think he's talking about he's going to do it like if God speaks a word to your life tonight, you're going to think before you get home, he's going to do it. It's like, okay, God's going to do it. Wow. The, listen, can I tell you something? When God speaks a word in your heart, he's already done it. But there is a time lapse. And there's a time and there's a process that you have to go through. And many times people miss their timing. They miss their timing. They miss their appointment. Look what he says, Genesis 15, 2. But Abram said, Lord God, what will you give me seeing I go childless? What will you give me seeing I go childless? Now here Abram is looking. I am 75 years old. I don't have any children. And here, all of a sudden, you're telling me you're going to give me a nation. You're going to do these great things. He's, you're telling me if I can count the stars, I'll be able to count my children. You're telling me all this. But how can you give me that when I don't even have any children? Now, I want you to notice something. You may have not known this because, you know, sometimes we read in chapters. So when we're reading, we see where God spoke to Abraham, and we turn about three or four chapters, and God did it. And we think, wow, that's pretty quick. 
However long it took you to read the chapters, that's how quick God did it. Amen. How many knows it doesn't quite work that way, does it? I mean, how many knows there was a gap in between those chapters that, uh, that you read within a matter of 10 minutes? There was 25 years fulfilled in there. And I want you to know something. We know that Abraham kind of got weary and waiting because he, he produced an Ishmael. But not only that, you may have not noticed this, that even after Ishmael had come along, and God says, no, I'm not going to work through Ishmael. You may have not noticed this verse here in Genesis 17, verse 17. The angel come to the Abraham and began to tell him the seasons now. And Abraham fell on his face and he laughed and he said in his heart, Shall a child be born to a man who is 100 years old? And shall Sarah, who is 90 years old, bear a child? Wow, that's just getting real with God, isn't it? Okay, God, I know you spoke to me when I was 75, and I was, you know, it seemed kind of hard. Can I get this without, you know, I don't have any children? It seemed kind of hard then, but how many knows it seems even harder now that I'm going to get this child at 100 years old? And he found himself questioned, and the Bible said that he laughed in his heart. You know, it wasn't like, Oh, you know, ha, 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 that's great, God. Thank but he laughed. Huh. You know, <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> okay, great. And God says, no, you're going to see. And even Sarah laughed and said, is this possible that me at 90, that I would have the pleasure of having a child? And see, this is the biggest thing that you have to be careful of is trying to manage time in God's scale. Did you not know that God owns time? I mean, He is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning, the end. There is, in God's time scale, He can do more in you in one moment than you can do in a lifetime. All you've got to do is dare to trust Him. See, you're trying to put God on a schedule and trying to put Him in a box, trying to put Him on a calendar. But I'm going to tell you what, He can supernaturally move in and all the toil and all the work all the labor, all the energy, all the stuff that you sowed, and you're saying, God, it doesn't look like it's working. And then all of a sudden, boom, supernaturally, God does it. And this is where we get, we get weary in this. We, we begin to get to, to the place where we're like, God, where are you? I mean, time's clicking by. Time's wasting. I don't, I don't have much more time. I mean, it may be, you know, you, you, you're saying, well, you know what? I believe Jesus Christ is soon to return, and I do too. And you may say, well, you know what? We're running out of time, and, and, and I need to see this person get in, and I need to do this. And I want you to know God owns time. God owns time. Matter of fact, you remember he stopped it. Remember when he stopped it for Joshua? I'm telling you what, uh, you know, we, we read about Joshua where Joshua was a warrior. And he, when he went in to, after uh, Moses had passed away, all of a sudden Joshua, he was a, undoubtedly dealing with fear. Because remember the whole chapter, first chapter of Josh, uh, Joshua chapter 1, he kept telling him, fear not, I'll be with you. As I was with Moses, so I'll be with you. Remember that? And he told him that three times. Undoubtedly, Joshua needed to have some assurance. But we never hear God telling Joshua that again. Matter of fact, when you keep reading chapters, there was one time when Joshua was in a heat of battle, the sun was about to go down. And they hadn't quite had the victory yet. Now, I don't know about you. I don't know how you would pray. You, 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 may, be, you may have been like Joshua. I, I think, I don't know. I, I just kind of think, why didn't Joshua just say, God, wipe my enemies out where we can go home? But Joshua said this. He said, hold the sun still until we defeat our enemies. And you know what God did? He made the sun stand still for about 12 hours until he defeated his enemies. 
I would have said, just 